Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome back to the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Keep those texts coming. And if you don't get a chance to check out the show or you love what we're talking about just so much because we're so funny and charming and handsome, I would say that as well, since you guys get to see our faces all the time. That. You know what I'm saying? So hit that up. Get the podcast wherever you get them from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of that type of stuff, or on the WFNZ app. Check it out. Download it. Whatever you want to do with it. All right. Keep the text coming. As I said, 704-570-9610 on the Garage Door Guru text line. And now it is time to further my win streak today. I hope Fiddy will not get winner's fatigue today and try to give Walker a win. So I'm going to go ahead and plant Just that seed right now. Just make a call. He's got the opportunity to make this All right. right. <laughs> so it is time now for the Prospect Duel. I challenge you to a duel. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Choose your fighter. I'm ready to get a win from my man, Walker Mail. That's why I came in studio today, to help out my man, Walker. Follow him on Twitter, at Walker Mail. Tell him how great he was choosing this particular prospect. Here we go. I'm hold sick. on, hold on. You cheeky. We've been going winners go first. No, we've been alternating. No, Here we go are. winners. Whoever wins, since I have the winning streak going, that means I get to go again. But you can go ahead. No, no. No, you are ready. After you just stopped ready. Me, Wes. You we have been alternating winners. We've been alternating spots, but that's fine. If you're going to stop well, in my me, mind, free, I've hey, been it, in my what? mind, I've been basing it off the winner. If you're going to if you're going to stop it, go ahead. You got no, it. Go now. ahead. You got it. Wes. All right, fine. <laughs> Why would you stop it and then not accept it? Here we go. Games all right, here we try. I'm 6'4", I'm 270 pounds, and now I'm mad. And when I get on the field and I'm angry, you can see me play at a higher level. I have good size at the position, pretty good size, maybe even great. But I'd be opposite side of a lighter edge with Brian Burns, so I would compliment him very much so, and yet I still tested with great speed and also elite explosion in my relative athletic score. Plus, I have the bend. You know I like the bendy edges if you're just asking Walker, but I myself am bendy and can play opposite of Brian Burns. Whatever odd man front, whatever front you want to run, I can be available for you. I had eight and a half sacks last year, but I had 14 tackles for loss in each of the last two seasons. So production, athleticism, and I can be had in the third round based off of some of the projections that are out there. I did want to bring something up that None of the other prospects have brought up yet. If you look at my tape against a top three tackle in Broderick Jones at Georgia, one of the top tackles in the NFL draft could be drafted in the first round. I had a really good game against him. 
I was making Stetson Bennett feel all of the pressure in the world, and that's why the game was actually a little close, I might add, to give you a little hint at who I am. I'm good at both rushing the passer and stopping the run. I ran a 4.7640 at my 270-pound frame. I had a 36.5-inch vertical at my 270-pound frame. Plus, I get out of the blocks very well again. I will revert you to the elite. Not great. Elite explosion grade that I tested with. So that's why you should draft me your number one need going into this offseason, as Scott Fitterer said, edge rusher. Well, if you like a, a slow guy, you know, to come off the edge, you can set a sundial to him, then you can draft that guy. But elite listen, explosion. When testing. you're talking about elite athleticism, I go six foot three, three hundred and twenty-two pounds on the offensive line. Put me on the inside small. and I'm mauling guys. My 4-5-3 20-yard shuttle would place me top three at the NFL Combine amongst all offensive linemen. So I get around pretty quick. You need a pull. You need me to go bury somebody and put them in the dirt. I'm your guy because I've been described as a well-built guard with tremendous football IQ to recognize defensive fronts and late movement, natural power to move defenders. And listen, I was an unheralded guy, so I got a chip on my shoulder. I was given an opportunity at the Shrine Bowl, didn't disappoint. I was one of the best linemen in the blocking drills. In the run game, I explode off the line of scrimmage, consistently get out to the second level to do damage. So you just got that nice running back back there in the backfield, Miles Sanders. You want to see him go. You want to turn up the gears on that Ferrari you got back there? Well, get him behind me because I'm going to take him to the end zone. And, oh, yeah, you want me to protect that top pick you got back there throwing the football? Well, analytically speaking, I had an 86.5 pass block grade this past season, according to PFF the 15th best guard in all of college football. And, oh, yeah, I also hail from the same school as your franchise tackle. So we're packed, brothers. And you know dogs running a pack together, and I'm the dirtiest dog in the yard. Oh, Put the chain on my neck, and I'm breaking draft, it. If it's who I think breaking it Breaking you off. Me and Icky, it's going to get sticky when we get down there in the offensive line, oh, all right? That so, is the uh, worst. If you want the man, go ahead and pick me, put me in the middle, and let's get ready to maul, guys, and open up this fast lane for Mr. Miles Sanders and keep that jersey on that quarterback crispy clean. All right, Fitty, who are you going with, man? What blind resume is best to you? Wow, this is, uh, again, y'all continue to role play very, very, very well. Thank you. <laughs> I like the guys that y'all role play as better than your actual self. So maybe sure. we could do a whole show tomorrow and role play. You know, I thought for a minute Wes was going to win. He's been hot here as of late. But there was a level of disrespect he showed while you were making your pitch for your prospect, Walker. Yeah. Talking over you. Low character guy. Oh, like he slow. didn't do that. Like, he didn't do that to me. And then, you know. It's it's a shame that he's not handling adversity well right now either. If you go <laughs> back to the, the very first round, you played to my heart because you picked a Carolina boy. Yeah. Wes shows up with the Pack Brother or whatever it is they call themselves. <laughs> Ain't no way I'm picking someone from NC State. Oh. Walker gets the win. and now You think he'd learn. Now, you think now he'd learn. And then he chose this guy. Bias. And you think you'd learn. That's that, that You're talking about games. Strategy. Wrong, <laughs> wrong player. Don't know why you would go towards an NC State player. I am Isaiah McGuire, defensive end out of Missouri, that really helped that become a football game last year because I was in 
the passer's lap all day long against a top three tackle against the Georgia Bulldogs who would eventually go on to win the championship. All right, all kidding aside and the role play to the side as we are now tied in prospect duels three to three, I will tell you Isaiah McGuire has become my tank Dell. Wes found his tape, started looking at him a little more seriously for that 39, maybe third round pick. Isaiah McGuire looks awesome, man. And he's rising up a lot of draft boards. The athleticism being what it is at his size to be able to kind of go into whatever odd man front, whatever front you want him to play, I think he can do it. He's got good production, eight and a half sacks. I'll take that. And at the SEC, going against good level of competition, being a guy that people are going to focus in on, playing for Missouri, also having the explosion, also having the speed, being able to provide you... I think what really is really like when you get later in the draft, it's harder to check all those boxes off, but he's starting to do it a little bit more. He doesn't really sacrifice a whole lot in any area. Isaiah McGuire, I'd be very happy if they drafted him. Tell the people who your blind resume was. I was Chandler Zavala, offensive guard from NC State. I just cut up some tape on him uh, a couple of weeks ago that you can check out at the ACCDN, ACC Digital Network on all platforms. We've been making NFL draft tapes for guys, and I definitely specialize in making O-line clips. We give you the circles so you can zero in so those eyes are trained on the right spot. And this guy, he's pretty good, man. Powerful, very athletic guy that can get out in space, get to the second level, just like all the descriptions that you see. So you can go check out footage of him, man, and a lot of the ACC draft prospects there. But, yeah, that's who I was. All right, so offensive line help, getting that in what would be around the third-round grade. I'm getting pass rusher help. That's what I was talking about with Isaiah McGuire. So both of those guys, though, in all honesty, as I am angry, putting on my Isaiah McGuire (laughs) mask, talking about Zavala, it does seem like this is someone that people were guessing Zavala. Now, people, we haven't talked about McGuire all that much. We mentioned Zavala because he was in the mock draft. I believe that Joe yeah, Person we got, wrote. Yeah. So we mentioned him a little bit. But Isaiah McGuire, a little bit different that I do really like for this Carolina Panthers defense. And so a couple positions of need. We'll have a couple more prospect duels as we continue on. We're not going to do number one overall, but... As we continue to go on, we can still do this 93, we'll have 39, we'll have all that available for you. So, Prospect Duels, man, it's been fun, and I finally tied it up. So, it's been tight, going back and forth. (laughs) I wonder if Fiddy's doing that on purpose, but it has been back and forth, so it's made for close competition. Yeah, I think he's trying to keep us both happy, but Zavala was a guy that um, I wasn't as familiar with, but I do know that he at one point was mocked like sixth round, but now he's starting to really shoot up to that third round range. So I think a lot of people are starting to fall in love with him. We'll see if he continues to climb up those draft boards. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We had some national headline topics I wanted to get to that we did not earlier in the show. We can continue to talk about that. But we also have some interesting S2 score conspiracy to get to a little bit later on in the show. You guys are looking at me weird. Am I t- teasing the wrong thing here? Because Ian the Cummings running. is coming up next at 220. It's amazing. Did not know that. I'm excited. Let's talk more NFL draft. <laughs> Ian Cummings coming up next. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What are the last-minute pieces of information we can learn about whoever, quote-unquote, the number one overall pick is going to be in this NFL draft? All signs are pointing towards Bryce Young. We have seen Will Levis rise up in the draft odds, according to Vegas. Is that just because of a Reddit page, though? We can figure all of that out later. Come Thursday, we will see officially who is the number one overall pick for Carolina. It will be a quarterback. We do know that, and I can't wait to find out. To help us talk a little bit more about the draft, Ian Cummings joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. He's an NFL draft analyst for the Pro Football Network. Ian, we appreciate the time, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. I'm doing especially better now that you know we're only two days out, right? We've been doing a lot of mock drafts, a lot of rising and falling on the boards, as people might say. But you know, in truth, I feel like these teams have had a lot of time to kind of lock in their their opinions and their stances on these prospects. I'm excited to see what happens. I think we've been talking about it long enough. It's time to see how the board falls on Thursday. How many mock drafts have you done so far? Too many, too many. I can say I haven't kept count, but it's just too many. It is, it is valuable, right, to kind of go through the different probabilities and the different kind of outcomes because it's truly, you know, countless, limitless, the amount of outcomes that are possible. But, you know, at a certain point, it's just like, hey, let's just get this event over with. Let's get it rolling. Uh, it's been a lot, but it is it is necessary to kind of, you know, get the full extent of the uh, of the study. All right. If you want to catch Ian's latest mock draft, 23.4 edition, you can follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. We appreciate his time talking a little bit about the quarterback. Now, we all think it's going to be Bryce Young here, Ian. I'm interested in talking about the situation Carolina has really built for whoever the QB was going to be because Scott Fitterer joined the Adam Schefter podcast. He talked about the coaching staff having so many different great offensive minds, but also having a good offensive line in place, getting at least some kind of average level of pass catchers. After you trade DJ Moore, you were able to salvage something with Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Caden Hurst, and whoever, you know, what kind of situation do you think Carolina was able to provide for this number one QB? Is this the best for a number one prospect that we've seen in a while? I think it's definitely up there. I think, you know, it's interesting because every time a QB goes number one, you know, it always runs the risk of that QB being unearthed, you know, by the situation, or I should say, you know, uh, what's the word? I'm blanking on the word right now, but undermined, undermined is the word, you know, by the situation that they come into, right. You know, that happens with top end quarterbacks all the time where maybe they have the talent worth investing in, but the supporting situation for them wasn't good enough to help glean the maximum value from them. And we've seen busts happen that way. You know, I do think Carolina, and they were originally at ninth overall. They traded up, so I feel like that's an important distinction. But, you know, they, they were aggressive, right? And I do think that, you know, relative to previous number one overall situations, they are better because they have, like you mentioned, the coaching. Frank Reich is a very experienced offensive mind. Thomas Brown coming from Los Angeles, coming from a very successful offensive tree. You know, they got Adam Thielen, they got DJ Chark. You know, not, not world beaters, right, but veterans who can at least upgrade the floor of that offense on day one. The offensive line is good, too. You know, I think they got Ike Kwanu in the draft last year. 
Uh, they got Taylor Matan, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett. They have a solid blocking unit up front as well, and I think that's very important for a QB, you know, where timing and rhythm is so important in the NFL uh, to help ease them in right away. I feel like that'll be beneficial, right? So I think the supporting cast, the coaching, it is relatively positive in Carolina. And I, that's, that's a positive thing because whoever that first overall pick is, it could be any one of those four quarterbacks. We're thinking it's going to be young, right? But, you know, until the pick is made, we can't be 100% sure. But whoever it is, they are walking into a very beneficial situation, I think. Ian Cummings on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. Ian, just how in one accord do you think that the Panthers are with this draft pick? And do you think that it's going to take some talking to from everybody in the organization right up until time is time to turn that card in? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, we always hear horror stories about how coaches are on one side and how the owner is in love with another guy, right? You know, so there's always that potential for discord. And I feel like that, that can always cause some apprehension later on in the process. And, you know, we've, we've heard reports, right? You know, nothing like, oh, this guy likes this guy. You know, Josh McCown is on YouTube talking about Young and, and Stroud on film, right? So it's like, but again, you know, they're all little snippets of information that, you know, we, as much as we want to have the full picture, we can't. I think they've been considering all these guys. They've been meeting with them, you know, going on visits and dinners and stuff like that. I feel like they have all the information they need to discern their their conclusion, right? And I think, me personally, I think, like, any pick that you make, it's up to you to make it right as a team, as an organization. So, you know, I'm not I'm not totally off board with any selection. I think, you know, either of these four quarterbacks, you can make them work if you give them the proper support. And, you know, as we just talked about, I feel like Carolina has that support in place. You never want to pick a guy that the owner is in love with just because of that, right? You want to make sure that you're in lockstep. And there is some potential for gridlock in this class. But I also think all four of those quarterbacks have pretty visible selling points, obviously with Bryce Young, the if factor, the off-structure ability, the creation capacity that he has, just the air of a CEO of a franchise, right? That's what you want in a quarterback if he has it. CJ Stroud, his ability to operate in structure, the accuracy, you know, and he showed in that Georgia game that he might have some creative potential outside of that too. Anthony Richardson, the upside, you know, we might not have seen a QB prospect with his kind of ceiling ever, right? So, you know, anytime you have that generational upside, that's something that you can bank on as well. And then Levis as well. You know, Levis is a little bit farther down than those top three for me, but I still think he's a worthy investment because, again, very strong arm, very tough competitor, and he's got a level of athleticism too. So I think there is a potential for gridlock, but I think all four of these guys are agreeable enough that it's not going to cause a rift. I think they all have their selling points. So, Ian, we keep hearing these little tidbits, even though we're pretty sure it's going to be Bryce Young, but we hear things here and there like the Will Levis stuff that has come out. We've been addressing that a little bit, giving it some shine. How sure are you that it's going to be Bryce Young? Man, I mean, one thing I've learned, I haven't been covering the draft for too long, but one thing I have learned, you know, watching it over the years and covering it for a couple years now is that you never want to be locked into one outcome. You always want to be outcome independent because you never truly know what's going to happen. So, I mean, the Bryce Young stuff, it could be that they're sold on him or it could have been a smoke screen trying to get the Houston Texans to trade up for him because we've heard for a while now that Young was the favorite on the Texans board too. So maybe the Panthers, and we've also heard that the Panthers were open to trading back down from number one after trading up to maybe add more capital, right? The whole point about moving to one was, you know, if they do stay there, they have their choice but they're also in control of that pick so that if other teams are desperate enough, maybe move up, right? A lot of different outcomes, a lot of different potential probabilities there. And that's what makes it so hard to cover everything, to cover all the bases here. But, you know, I do think, you know, if I had to pick, you know, as a draft analyst, I'm notorious for sitting on the fence because we don't know what's going to happen. 
But if I had to pick, I would say it's probably likely that Bryce Young is on the board. You know, we know that he has, you know, of those four quarterbacks, I think he has the highest floor. His creation capacity is truly unreal. You know, not just the short area athleticism, but just his feel, his instincts, you know, to know where defenders are, know where open space is, keep his eyes up and just create and put his team on his back when he needs to drag them out of a chaotic situation. Time and time again in that 2022 season, that's what we saw him do for Alabama. So I think on top of that, you know, he just has that ability. And I think that that's going to be a guiding light for him early on in the NFL. You know, he has the supporting cast that's very good. But at the same time, if you're a rookie QB, you are going to deal with adversity. And having that ability to create when nothing is there, it's a very valuable thing. We've also heard that, you know, in the S2 scores, that was another big storyline this past week. We've heard conflicting reports about the legitimacy of those scores. But Daniel Jeremiah was on record saying Bryce Young had the highest S2 score of the class. And the Panthers have also stated that, you know, that's something they value. So, you know, looking at that as well, the mental, the physical, the production on the field, to me, it feels like it's going to be Bryce Young. Could it be someone else? Absolutely. I think they all have legitimate cases. But right now, all the, all the different streams seem to be converging on them. Ian joining us right now, Ian Cummings on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, draft analyst for Pro Football Network. Uh, they are also picking at 39, and we've talked a lot about that. Ian, we've been doing some prospect duels, throwing out a couple different names. I, I don't want to confine it to one name, at least on our end, but the names that consistently appear are guys like B.J. Ojolari, really any of the wide receivers, Downs, even a Tank Dell. There's a, quite a bit of people that have been mentioned there at 39. Is there a name to you that you think is most likely going to be available or going to be close to it that makes the most sense for Carolina to select there in the second round? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think that range of this draft in particular, we've heard that, you know, this draft is relatively light on blue chip first round talent. You know, teams have as little as 17 first round grades, you know, 20 is kind of the cutoff. So after that 20 point, you know, I feel like there's room for enhanced variance. We could see some really surprising first round picks mm-hmm. and guys that slip and maybe are available at 39. So I think for the Panthers in particular, who are kind of near the top of that first, that second round range, that's going to be an opportunity for them to maybe play the board. They don't have capital to trade up, so you're hoping that someone flips to you. And I think there could be some names available. I think that the names that you mentioned, absolutely. B.J. Ojulari is a favorite of mine for that scheme, for Ajiro Evero's defensive scheme. I think is a 3-4 outside linebacker, around 6'2", 245 pounds, but he's got over 34-inch arms, so a really good combination of natural leverage and proportional length. He is pretty explosive off the snap, but also a very proficient finesse rusher. You know, he's flexible. He's bendy. He's got agility, right? But he can also generate speed to power with his frame. So, you know, big fan of that profile. I think the receivers, uh, Josh Downs, you mentioned, I like his ability to play the slot. You can use him in motion. If Dave Flowers is there, I'll run that card up because, again, I think he can play on the boundary or in the slot. But he's a very high-energy athlete as well. Very good body control, run-after-catch ability. Cedric Tillman from Tennessee is a guy that I'm a, a particular big fan of. I think he comps very favorably to Michael Pittman Jr., the Colts. Six foot three, two fifteen. I think thirty-two, over thirty-two inch arms. So he's got size. He's got contested catchability, but he's also a very nuanced route runner. So I think there is talent there. And you know, you could also, if you take BJ Ojulari, I think there could be options at wide receiver at ninety-three. Maybe Jaden Reed from Michigan State, Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State. So there are permutations, no matter what you do. But those are some of the names that come to mind for me. I think if you get a QB. Uh, especially at number one, you know, one of your biggest concerns beyond that is adding to his weapons core, making sure that he has a full palette of weapons when he steps on that field. Ian, and with this receiving core, we've seen varied opinions about it. We see some guys that were mocked 
first round early in the process now, second rounders. And then they're saying that these scouts are not as high on this receiver class as they once were. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think uh, this receiving class is pretty polarizing. And I, I don't think there's quite that level of, you know, blue chip talent that we've been accustomed to seeing. Like last year, guys were flying off the board left and right. You know, you got Jameson Williams, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. You know, there's not quite that degree of first round talent in this class. You know, you can look at Jackson Smith and Jigba. Even he has his detractors, right? So it's one of those things. Quentin Johnson, very polarizing. You know, people are very high on the ceiling, but the floor is a little more volatile, right? So it's one of those things where there's not that guaranteed level of production. You can't really count on not many of these guys anyway. You can't count on them to, you know, fire off in a thousand yard season out of the gate. And I think that's where the apprehension comes from. I do think this class has a little underrated depth, especially in that, you know, five to 20 range, right? I do think there's some quality receiving options. I bring up Jaden Reed again from Michigan State. I think he'd be a particularly good fit for the Panthers, you know, being able to line up in the slot or the boundary. He's got vertical speed. He's a very good route runner, and he's one of the best in this class, you know, relative to his size, around 5'11", 180s, but he can contort, he can use body control, and he can, you know, corral passes in high-difficulty situations. Xavier Hutchinson, another one. The ceiling isn't quite as high with him, but he's around 6'2", 200. He's got really good size, really good contested catch instincts, and he's another one who has the lateral agility and twitch to offset defenders as a route runner. So, you know, I do think there are high floor options in the middle, you know, in that day two range. Maybe not the amount of explosive, you know, first-round talent that we are accustomed to seeing, but I do think guys, especially if they land in the right situation, you know, it could be a class where you have gems to unearth in that range. Go ahead, Wes. Oh, I was just going to ask him, uh, who are some guys that you may hear that are slipping, perhaps, that you think that if they are there for the Panthers at 39, that they couldn't afford to pass them up? Yeah, well, uh, Quentin Johnson comes to mind right away. You know, he's one who, you know, a lot of mocks have going in round one, right? But, and you know, he is six foot three, two oh six, near 34-inch arms, right? So he's explosive. He's got great speed. You know, he's one of the more, for his size, you know, his flexibility is special. The flexibility, the lateral twitch, you don't see it from guys of his size very often, but he's got it. But at the same time, you know, route running, some people have said that his route running, he can refine his tree a little bit more, expand his route tree. I think he's underrated in that phase. I think he has very good hip sync and stopping ability. And I do think he's shown he can work against press. So, you know, I think he's underrated. I think working in an NFL offense will help bring more of that to light. But even then, you know, at the catch point, too, you know, he can be a body catcher at times. His hand technique can improve. So it depends on how teams view other players. But I could see a scenario where Johnson falls a little bit. And if he does, I mean, people didn't think D.K. Metcalf was going to fall. You know, he fell to the bottom of round two, right? So, you know, especially in this wide receiver class where opinions are so much across the board, we could see a lot of variance in how the board actually falls for the Panthers. So if Johnson's there, I like that fit a lot. I think, you know, he's versatile. You can, you can use him in different ways run after catch threat. He's also vertical. You know, he's got a vertical element to him. You know, he can win at the catch point. He has shown he can. He just needs more consistency with his hands. That would be a very good value deal for me if I'm the Panthers there. Jordan Addison, if he's there, could be an option. I'm a little bit lower on him. I comp him to Darnell Mooney, though. I think he'd be a very good vertical option for you again. And he's got that rack element to him as well. And he's got the lateral agility to offset defenders. You know, any of those guys, right? And Josh Downs, you mentioned him earlier. I comp him to Doug Baldwin. I think he could be that slot warrior, man. He's, he's a very, very nuanced route runner, along with the elite short area athleticism to separate and to create space. So, And then beyond that, too, for his size, he's very, very consistent, extending and converting beyond his frame as a catcher. I think he has one of the highest contested catch rates in the, in the NCAA, you know, being around 5'9", 171. So, you know, one of those guys who's just, he has that profile where he's going to produce, right? So, 
you know, those guys, if they do fall, I think you have to seriously consider them. And part of it does depend on who else is on the board at other positions. But you play the value at the end of the day. You know, that's what you do in the NFL draft. And especially if you need a wide receiver, or you can get a guy like that at 39 you got to take advantage of it. All right, there's a lot of good information. Go to his Twitter profile, IC underscore draft, at IC underscore draft, helping us kind of dissect the wide receivers in this class, talking about some of the options that could be available there at number 39. That's Ian Cummings, the NFL draft analyst, a part of the Pro Football Network. Ian, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate all the info. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Good stuff there. Looking at his Twitter profile, talking a lot about those wide receivers that he just mentioned. Football sandwich for sure. (laughs) Yeah, a big one. He talked a lot about some of the receivers. Quentin Johnson. Don't know if we've heard a lot about that. Makes sense because you haven't heard Quentin Johnson rising up draft boards. But if he falls to 39, you'd feel like that would be a pretty good spot for him to go. Carolina the guy that was viewed as the number one wide receiver in this class for a long time. If Zay flowers is there, he said, you'd absolutely write that on the card. I don't think he's going to be there anymore. I think he's just caught so much uh, momentum. What was something else that stood out to you based off of what he talked about wide receivers galore, really discussing a lot of that, but also even a little bit of the edge rushers available. Well, just mainly how he talked about the lack of, of blue chip prospects at the receiver position, because I see a lot of guys that I think have a chance to be a really good NFL player, especially when you're talking about the Jordan Addisons and Zay Flowers and guys like that. I think they could be instant impact players. And so I've been really curious as to why these scouts are down on this receiver class when I see a lot of guys. Now, Quentin Johnson at the top never quite did it for me as far as the top guy in the class looking at and saying, oh, you know, could he be that Julio Jones type or that dominant alpha number one type of receiver? He could be Julio. We need to go ahead and take him at 39. <laughs> I will drop that. Yeah, you talk about the 800 yard. I I hope he gets 800 yeah, yard if he's Yeah, Julio but Jones. just in general, uh, like I said, I, I've liked Jordan Addison and a lot of the a lot of those guys a lot. So that was the main thing I was interested in. I was looking just real quickly. I did not know this before we did prospect duels, but I was scrolling down and on April 22nd, Ian Cummings said another big sleeper in the 2023 NFL draft edge class, Missouri's Isaiah McGuire. Oh, give you a cook power profile. I will take one crumble. If you don't (laughs) mind power profile in the same tier as guys like Isaiah Foskey and Keon white and McGuire might have the best ankle flexion of that group. Give me the ankle flexion. Ankle flexion? What is that? Oh, so oh you don't know about ankle flexion? No. Oh, see, Fitty knows he's a football connoisseur, and that's why he chose me in the prospect duels, because of ankle flexion. I should have made that a higher point of priority to mention during the duels. Well, can somebody enlighten me? Um, yeah, during the break, uh, because I know all about it. I just It's just <laughs> time that I'm not explaining it right now. That's the only reason. Fitty Flash, go ahead, Fitty. What you got for us? Got an update for you guys. Another uh, premier golfer will be here for the uh, Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow. Cor- uh, Colin Morikawa is going to be making his first appearance here at the Wells Fargo Championship. We're talking about a guy who's won two majors uh, and was a member of the U.S. Pre- uh, President's Cup that took place at Quail Hollow just last year. He you know, he joins now a star-studded field, including Roy McIlroy, Patrick Cantley, Xander Schauffele, um, you know, Hideki Matsuyama, Shane Larry, Tommy Fleetwood. So we're going to be out there three straight days. We're going to have some great golfers to be around. So there's an update on that. And just a reminder, if you have nothing better to do with your time tonight, Knights are back at home 6.05 <laughs> against the wow. Norfolk Tides. That was, uh, 
What? A hell of a promotion. If you I have mean, nothing look, better to do with your time. It's a Tuesday night. You know, if you got if you have nothing else to do, just find yourself at Uptown. Watch some AAA baseball. I'll be at home watching uh, Major League Baseball and the NHL uh, postseason. Sounded like a lackluster promo. Yeah, if you have nothing better to do, go out there and whatever. <laughs> you know what? Go watch them. Whenever you what? whenever you record your tens after, I'm like, that's lackluster. So we're going to sit there until you get it perfected. I appreciate greatness, and therefore I will do what it takes to be great, including put in the great work that I do for my 10-second promos. That'll do it for the Fitty Flash. We have one more segment to go right here on Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hold Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Uh, Talking a little reckless behind the mic, but that's all right. We're back, we're on track, and we're ready to go. We appreciate you joining us for these last three hours, and I do want to remind you that the WFNZ Draft Party is back, and this time it's in the home of Panther great Thomas Davis. Join the entire crew next Thursday, today, or a couple days from now. Well, that was awful. In the next couple days, this Thursday, not next Thursday, this Thursday, April 27th at 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge from 5 to 9 p.m. As you can watch the Panthers select the new face of their franchise. A moment in history. Hear the great prizes, food and drink specials, and watch the entire draft on multiple big screen TVs. It's the 2023 WFNZ Draft Party from 1058 Sports Bar and Lounge at 430 West 4th Street, just across from Truist Field. The Panthers are on the clock, and we have you covered on the official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You were mentioning the golfer Colin Morikawa, who is going to make his appearance at Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo Championship. Panther Bo did write in, and he wanted to know if Seamus Power was making the trip from down under in Northern Ireland. <laughs> Can you tell us any update on Seamus Power from the down under country that is Ireland, as I mentioned? You know, the thing, I used to have a lot of respect for you. Oh, uh, what happened? And then you mess up one time. Oh, don't you? One you time, love when somebody and you messes just up. won't. You just won't let it go. You know how many times? That's Panther Bo. Get mad at the text line. But you know, you brought it back. Like you know, you could have just not read the text. Like how many times have you messed up? Never. <clears throat> hourly, and I just let hmm. it slip. You know, just don't ever mention it at all. You just sit up there, 
talking your nonsense, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let him do his thing. Uh, My name is Bennett. I'm not in this one. It, it's it's not so much the mess up, though. I just the, I like the Ireland being from down under and Seamus Power, but that's okay. We can have him join us, and I do like Panther Bo's text. Also, we had Stanford P. He's writing about ankle flexion. I'm not going to read the tweet just because, well, I don't want to get in trouble. What about you, Wes? Did you have any information on ankle flexion as we were talking about that being in a strong suit for Isaiah McGuire? I read an ankle dorsiflexion. Flexion is the movement of flexing your foot towards your shin. I've never heard of that in my life, and I don't think I would ever use that in evaluating a football player. Does he mean bend? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. That's all right. That means you can flex your foot towards your shin. Okay. I like it. That's what I want in my edge rusher. (laughs) Isaiah McGuire, come on down. I hope he becomes an edge rusher for the Carolina Panthers. All right, Fitty. On this day in sports history, what you got for us to end out the show? All right. Kind of revamp the final segment. We're going to try out a different, a different way to end with on this day in sports history. We go back to on this day in 2019 in the NFL draft. The Arizona Cardinals, they selected Oklahoma quarterback Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. He had been the number one pick of the A's in the 2018 amateur draft. And then in a later baseball draft, he went ninth overall as an outfielder, and he had signed with the A's before giving up baseball in winter of 2018. I say all this to say this made him the first player to be a first-rounder picked in both the MLB draft and the NFL draft, which now leads me to an end-of-show question. Wes, you are a dad. Walker, you are my dad. As a parent... (laughs) Would you rather your son play uh, football and have all the fame and glory that comes with playing America's most popular sport or baseball, America's pastime, where you can make double the money you make in the NFL? Baseball. The thing is, you got to be very good at baseball to get that type of money. But, yeah, with I'll, I'll have him play baseball. That's what I would do. And if he's really good, you get all that guaranteed money in the form of possibly, what, 300 mil, even just 150 million. You know it's all going to be guaranteed, and so I would probably choose baseball. By the way, Fiddy, you're actually kind of winning this round of me making fun of you because people are accusing me of getting Seamus wrong. I know his name is Seamus Power, but that's what <laughs> Fiddy said when he had the Fiddy flash the other day. He said Seamus. I know it's not Seamus, but everybody is like, wait, you just messed up. How are you going to get mad at Fiddy? I just wanted to clarify everything. Um, all right, but no, yes, I would absolutely rather have Kyler Murray play baseball I will say, though, the guy got a huge contract. And I remember talking about this at the time where people, when they make the baseball, when they make that comparison, you have to be amazing, right? Like you have to be one of the better players and then you will get paid as much as anybody and it will all be guaranteed. And that's when everybody will come up with the tweets. I'm going to teach my kid to play baseball. But you do you think Kyler Murray could be that right? Could he be somebody that makes 300 million or even 150 because baseball players will spend a lot of time in the minors where it's not going to be great after your initial contract that you sign after getting drafted. And then if it doesn't work out for you, then it's not fantastic, right? So now when you're talking about the NFL, Kyler got his big deal. I think in hindsight, you probably just take what you did. If you're Kyler after you made it to that second deal, the money's better. 
In baseball, for sure. But as far as the fame and notoriety, quarterbacks are American royalty. But as far as just the damage that it does to your body, baseball certainly uh, is not that. Ninth overall, I think he had a chance to become a great player with all the skills that he possesses. I still, ooh, that's tough because a quarterback, I mean, that's so great. (laughs) So so for him, I, I think he made the right choice. I think so, too. The fact that he was able to get to that second contract, I think that matters a lot. All right, and the way we'll end it, we'll do, we're kind of. Kane's the night ending the Islanders. No, they're not. Why so? Why do you think Carolina wins tonight? What do you it's think? the Canes. They're not playing any games tonight. They went in there and beat the brakes off them after they tried to scrap at the end of game four, and then they're coming home tonight. No way they're coming out of there alive. How comfortable are you? Do you think your lifelong team that you've been a fan of forever, <laughs> the Islanders, do you think they make a comeback? You know, I'm going to provide some hockey analysis as to why I think the Islanders force a game six. I, th- I think Matthew Barzal is going to get out of a scoring funk. I think he's going to put at least two but uh, behind Auntie Ranta tonight, Ilya Sorokin's been very good oh, in it. net despite giving up the five goals in Sunday's blowout Blow fashion. Out. Here's the thing I've noticed about about hockey here in the Carolinas. The Canes are to PNC Arena what Duke is to Cameron Indoor Stadium. They get all the calls. So the Islanders have to overcome that adversity tonight, keep their physicality in check, and, and, and beat them in a much more finesse game. Because How do you explain giving up five goals at your place? Yeah, because they were on five on three, three minutes into the game because they the Canes couldn't handle being checked into the board. But that was at y'all's place, though. Yeah. No so home cooking there. <laughs> it was home cooking on Friday. They had to go and wine and dine and get all the calls in game four. Islanders coming back. This thing's going seven. All right, that's your hockey segment, your <laughs> hockey debate between two huge hockey fans and one Wes Bryant and one Josh Fitty Marlowe. Last thing we could end with here, we did have the theme of coming up with Bryce Young puns, and the best one was Bryce up, son. Bryce up, if he indeed is the number one overall pick. Everybody had that text in. It's great. It's Steve Smith-esque. You can check him out, by the way, at 5 o'clock coming up on the Kyle Bailey Show. Bryce, Bryce, baby, also low-hanging fruit. Um, there was a couple. Bryce Bryce Baby is the it was the one that was mentioned a lot. I like Sweet Bryce T as a marketing campaign for Bojangles. I like Big Cat Dan putting in Briceberg Slim. Have a Bryce Day as a slogan. And then Burberry Gary talking about how this will be the Bryce age as soon as he is drafted by Carolina number one overall. So those are some of my favorite Bryce puns. Maybe we can come up with some more tomorrow. Stay tuned. Have a Bryce Day. On the Kyle Bailey Show is coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I can't think of more brainless entertainment.